Hello and welcome to the final edition of our Scottish Premiership season preview podcast here on Energy Sport. We round off the series by taking a look at the league's newcomers, Dundee United. It's been a tumultuous summer at Tannadice, but with legal battles behind them and a new manager at the helm, Tangerine fans can start to look forward to their long-awaited return to top flight action. My name is Sean McGill and joining me is Ronnie Costello, Dundee United Matchday announcer and one half of the Dode Fox podcast. Ronnie, thank you very much for coming on. Tell me how you got into being Dundee United's uh, match announcer, because that's something I've always wondered. How do people get into a job like that? Um, to, to be honest, it's <laughs> not that exciting. It's not, it's not that exciting. Um, so I was a, I've been a season ticket holder. I was a season ticket holder for years from my uh, granddad bought me my first season ticket in 1993. And uh, I was a season holder probably to about 2000, 2001. And then I was 18, 19 at the time and had to then start working Saturdays in retail. So I gave up my season ticket and I would go when I could. And then I had the odd season being a season ticket holder. And then 2012, 13 season, I thought, I'm going back. Then I work Saturdays anymore. Got a season ticket. Um, I think there was a game. There was a midweek game I covered to help out for the guy that was doing it, wasn't well or, or something. Done that, that was early in the season. That was fine, didn't think nothing of it. And then got a phone call in like the January to say, any chance you could help out, a bit late notice, it was like the day before the game. Done the game. Again, didn't really take much notice of it, wasn't someone that was on the radar. Then got a phone call that week. Ken, you fancy doing it for to the end of the season? I was like, yeah, because they knew I had a season ticket, I think. Uh, and the first game was also Jackie McNamara's first game, and we beat Rangers 3-0. Uh, Johnny Russell scored after 15 seconds, but at the time, you wanted they wanted the teams read out, pitch side, and then you had to go through, down the tunnel, up a couple of sets of stairs, into this wee tiny cupboard. By the time I got there, the ball was in the back of the net. I had no <laughs> idea who had scored, and I awarded the goal to Johnny Russell purely because he celebrated the most. Um, and then... So I'd done that for the season, and then it kind of just, that was that was just what I'd done. So it's been seven and a half years now, and um, it's great. I love it, you know. But it's, it's it's you know, I play it, maybe play it down for some people, but it's it's, it's, it's a cool job. You know, you're just yeah. watching the game, and you just need to remember to announce and over-celebrate goals, which I'm <laughs> very guilty of. Uh, but that, yeah, that's... It's kind of how I came into it. So it's, it's nothing majorly exciting, but it's a it's a great job. But to call it jobs, you know, Aye. cheeky, but it's it's great. I love it. Tell me about the the Dode Fox podcast as well. How long has that been going, and what you, what are you guys all about over there? Uh, so myself and Paul McNichol started the Dode Fox podcast in uh, well, it was kind of June last year. The the idea was kind of thought up. I I I'd, I'd started another podcast basically for something to do, um, and I just had normal people coming on speaking about their life. Really, and, he, and Paul always had quite an, quite an interesting story, um, and everyone else did that come on. But I think his cog started turning, and we'd been speaking about it for ages. And you know, the club it wasn't a great. You know, obviously around the club there wasn't a much you know excitement. You know, the organs had come in, Robbie Nielsen had come in, and it was like, well, there's maybe a wee positive. You know, we've just missed out on promotion uh, or on the playoffs. Um, you know, going to St. Uh, I'm glad those days are behind. Those playoffs are horrible. <laughs> um, but, 
yeah, so, and then we started from there, and, and, and I remember Paul saying, yeah, when we start the season, I was like, we need to start now, like, we need to start it now, and if we start it, it's not very good, it doesn't have to see air, you know, or if we do it, and it, it doesn't get a reaction, we'll try and push the pre-season, we'll see whatever, so, we put out the first episode, and I listened back to the first episode a couple of weeks ago for another thing I was needing to do, it's okay, but it's very okay, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's just, you could tell, we've got an idea of what we're trying to do, but we didn't really. Um, so it started from there. I remember it getting very surprisingly decent numbers, and we we're like, well, I'm not even know what. And then we'd done the second episode, and it, pure, it bombed, like absolutely bombed. And we were like, we'll just trudge on. And then we actually had people going, I'd love to come on. A lot, some people you do. You, I mean, I think sometimes you need to rely on some be your pals sometimes. <laughs> but just United fans, you know, like you knew if you'd seen at the game, you didn't know them, but they were like, I'd love to come on. And then we started to get a wee bit of momentum. So we started having an extra voice in now and again. Uh, then we had, uh, you might have seen the story, it made the paper, Sam McMahon's a United fan, and he went to have his stag do uh, in America. And obviously you think he's going to Vegas. No, no, he went to Kansas City to watch Johnny Russell play. <laughs> for Sporting Kansas City. So this obviously made the papers a little bit, and I knew a guy that was actually on the stag. So we had Sam on the phone, and people quite liked that. And then we managed to get Andy McLaren, as I've guessed, in episode nine, and it really kind of took off kind of from there. And um, it's uh, we were going to stop over the summer, uh, and uh, don't take this the wrong <laughs> way, anyone, but I've never been so glad for a global pandemic in my life because I've guessed this has been nothing short of ridiculous the last yeah. 16 weeks, I think it is. You know, we've had uh, four of the first team on uh, all in one call like this, which was just, it was like glorified babysitting. Uh, <laughs> but you had Shankland, Butcher, Reynolds and Connolly were on. We've had uh, Scott Ogren, the vice chairman on. We've had Mickey Mellon was our guest last week, which was brilliant. He'd never done, it was the longest interview I think anybody had done well. And for us, we, we're a bit relaxed. Like, we like to deep dive into people and just take them back to the start. Like, Andy Goldie was on Academy Director, and we were, like, you know, having a bit of a laugh, saying, are you, are you a coach because you're not a good enough player? You know, take us back to your playing career. And it turned out he played, but he just wasn't very good. He jumped around academies. So, but our guest list is, it has, been, has been ridiculous. You know, Craig Brewster on, John Rankin, Johnny Russell was on uh, for Kansas City. Danny Swanson's been on. You know, Ricky Ross with Deacon Blues been on, Whoa. so it, it's been it's been ridiculous, but it's been brilliant. And you know what? Without the fans and the people making it as part of their Monday every week is to us is ridiculous. But it's it, it's absolutely amazing. You know, just the interaction you get on Twitter, and we seem to have come up with our own catchphrases that we do in the heat of the moment. They just come out. And they're like turning it, you get them quoted all the time. There's a real in-joke, there's a right loving between Paul and Ian Harks. And, you know, it's it's a wee bit ridiculous, but at the same time, it's fun. You know, it's a serious podcast when things are serious. Like, when we got beat 4-0 for Queen of the South last week, the last season. Um, so Paul went to the, that game. And at the time, I was working at 6 o'clock on a Saturday night, so I couldn't really get to many away games. And I texted him after the game and said, you know, you're up the road and how are you feeling? And he just never, he blanked me. Fuck, can it be good? And I answered the door to him on the Sunday. And he was he was raging. And it was like, this was the first real test of, this is the first real negative episode we've had to have. And I don't think he said anything that the players had not heard. The players knew or the manager knew at the time. 
and I was really passionate and people would say, you know, they couldn't believe, we can have a laugh and a joke, but there was a real serious side to me, we'd been beat three, I think Aloha Air and Queen of the South beat us and that we run and it was tough, but, you know, open and honest, but trying to have a bit of entertainment, we've got stupid wee features in there as well that are a bit of a laugh and stuff, but it's been absolutely brilliant, we've not had a break, we've continued on, you know, and for the season to, to kind of be upon us, it's, it's been brilliant, given, like you said, the intro, it's been an interesting few weeks, <laughs> but it's been great. It's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, before we get on to that sort of stuff, let's uh, talk about the football of last season. Like you said, there was that sort of sticky patch, but it was a championship winning season, which is what Dundee United have been craving for so long. So how do you look back on last campaign generally? I think the, I mean, there was there was a lot of moments, you know, signing Lawrence Shankland was, was a huge moment that, you know, none of us expected. I mean, we... I just go back to to the podcast. I think Paul said it on episode one or two. You know, he'd be a good, he'd be an okay signing. I think he says, or you know, and then he signs the club do a really nice unveiling of it, and then the first game he scores four against Inverness, and you're thinking that's arguably one of our biggest rivals, apart from the wee team up the road. But <laughs> it was it was incredible, and then from there it went. We were unbeaten in August. We beat Partick. We beat Dunfermline. You know, Dunfermline. He scores. He scores two goals. He probably shouldn't have scored. Then he scores a goal at Partick. He shouldn't have scored. And you're thinking, it's the real deal. But we'd, as fans, we'd seen him score, you know, four or five against us at Tannadice the season before when he was with Air when they beat us like five 0 or whatever yeah. it was. And that's going back to the announcing job. That's the worst part when you get an absolute doing at home for no disrespect, <laughs> Air United. It's it's no nice, eh? But that that was a big moment. Uh, the 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 six two derby was huge. The um the derby at Dens was a, a big point, but probably the the, the point at Tanadice in, in December, because already you were thinking we're nearly there. But then we started to crawl over the line rather than get ourselves across it. And the the Inverness game at home in the pouring rain in February, um, when Shankland and Louis Apere scored that that was the moment. But you still. We weren't quite there at the time. You knew we needed a bit of work and then, you know, because I'd hated to see us crawl over that line because we were running away with it. But first and foremost, we, we were promoted and we didn't have to go through the playoffs again because I've had heartache at Hamilton and St Mern and it's it's really no nice. They're great days out, didn't I get us wrong? Aye. But they're, they're, it, was, it was a horrible moment and the next day's hangover is even worse. But <laughs> yeah, job done last season. You know, um, I've not, I mean, no doubt we're going to win the league. You know, and in the end, when it was obviously um, finished beforehand, you know, run away of it. Um, I was looking forward to another derby. That would have been amazing. Uh, because they, they, that, that's the biggest thing I'll miss. You know, the, the derby and the derby atmospheres, you know, rivals, it's, it's a tremendous. But we got up. It was a good campaign overall. But there were some black spots, you know, the Queen of South away, Aloha rainy Friday night that's 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 no good and um, yeah Air United as well you know we, we had someone against these wee teams but hopefully a new manager a new, a new mentality will, will change that because right now it's the, it is the same team but uh, job done absolutely job done and you know what I took it anyway at the, given it was four years yeah. you know if it meant finishing early or crawling over getting by one point I wouldn't be pretty at time but we got up in the end so Job done. 
You just mentioned there, um, new manager. Let's start with the old one leaving. How sudden was that for you? Because it did just really seem to come out of nowhere. I'll tell you how sudden it was, Sean. Uh, we were just about finished the podcast episode recording that night. Oh, that's a Because usually we record, the, we record the podcast normally on a Sunday at one o'clock, roughly. But for that week, I think Paul must have been doing something. So we, we'll do it at night. So it was about six o'clock. And usually, what you know, we've been on Zoom for the last you know, 16 weeks or something. Right. So usually we'll have a gap for 20 minutes. I'm like, probably better on with us, eh? And then we started it. And then um, we have a guest on. So we'll do our usual bits. Then we'll go to our guest. Uh, and I can't even think who it was that week. And then we'll come back. We've got a wee bit we do at the end called On This Day. And then we finish. So we'd finished doing the bits. We didn't reduce the guest. And usually we'll then, you know, have a quick right we need to move into this and for some reason I just refreshed Twitter and there was this massive there was all this rumours were going that uh, you know Robbie Nielsen's wanting to go to Hearts and I'm thinking what's what's going on here and we sat on it for about an hour waiting cause, and to see what was going on and then more and more it was picking up and then there's no smoke without fire you know as the saying goes and then there's certain people journalists or figures you know in football that when they start saying it there's a real element of truth we've seen a few of that and then we were like we think it's done so we ended up scrapping the whole episode and recording it basically as live react reacting to twitter and uh because we were in total shock like total shock you never seen anything about it but what we did see over the the hour we recorded was i i, I don't think i seen one united fan saying I'm gutted. And that was that was strange. That was a strange I I had no problem with Robbie Nielsen. He came on our podcast and spoke really well and I liked what I heard. But he did have his you know, he had his he did have his bad points and that he didn't really seem to have a plan B when we needed one. He couldn't have, we couldn't have beat Aloha away, they just suspect. But we things like that. So it was maybe like fresh start going up, then who do you get? But it was a definite shock, an absolute definite shock. But at the end of the day, speaking to the new manager, I've got no doubt that we've, we, in my mind, hopefully, we, we have got an upgrade and given what I've seen on, on Saturday. But a shock, I mean, I, the whole podcast gone. <laughs> Start again. Let's react to Twitter. Let's see who's no calling them a, an F or a B or whatever else. But it was... <laughs> Yeah, a total shock because you didn't expect it. You know, there's no rumblings, and then comes out the blue on a Sunday, and then yeah, we kind of went with he was going because any other club, I think we, I don't know, should he goes, you know, but you know, when Hearts come calling, you know, we we'd maybe expect that if it was the other way around, you know, why would you not come back to United or whatever? So yeah, it was a bit of a shock, but one I'm very much over, and and I wasn't against providing you get the right man in. You, and you you say you're quite confident that Mickey Mellon is the right man and will, uh, you'll see the improvement. Tell me why you think that. What is it about him that's impressed you so much? Listen, I love the man, eh? Already. <laughs> like, I, 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 just think that, I, I just think, you know, I mean, and we, were, we were very honest with him when we spoke to him and I think most people probably said to him, when his name got linked, I had no idea who he was. Never heard uh, of him. Yeah. Never heard of him. And then when I found out he was a Scottish coach, I felt really bad. Because you're thinking, in Scotland, we're quite close-knit. You know, you know you know players that have played here. Like, if a player leaves, like, we've been linked with Stephen Kingsley this week. 
some people won't know him, but I'm like, well, I used to play at Falkirk. You know, you just mm. know these uh-huh. wee things like, you know, Jack Grammer gets promoted. You're like, oh, I used to be at Aberdeen, you know, or, or coach or, or, or coaches as well. But that's a name I'd never heard. You look into it, well, he's never played in Scotland. Right, okay. Now, obviously, we were very close to appointing Steve McClellan, which was closer than I think a lot of, I mean, it was very close, very mm. close. His wife didn't let him. That's basically the story. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that, that in the sense is box office. But how is it really going to pan out? I'm no sure. Because you've got a club at United. Love my club. But Steve McClellan, at a management level, you know, he's the ex-England manager. You know, this oh, guy's got a massive manager. CV. Huge. Huge experience. And you're thinking, that's, that's interesting. And we, are, as fans, are going... You're still a wee bit 50-50, but going, that's an amazing appointment, because it is. Right. Deal doesn't happen. Um, and then they, there's a wee bit more. The bookies seldom will get things wrong, you know. I mean, we, we, we avoided a massive PR disaster and appointing Malky Mackay, I'll tell you Absolutely. that much. That, yeah. you know, didn't sit with me. Do you think that was the impression with most United fans that just didn't really sit right with them? Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, you know, people deserve second chances. I totally, totally get that. But mine, mine was more on. You hadn't been really on a training field for four mm. years or five years. Hadn't bought a player in four or five years or anything like that. So for me, you're not active. It's hard. You know, needs maybe a bit of time. You needed somebody that was ready. So obviously, Mickey's. Tranmere are demoted, not relegated, as he correct he corrected me. They were demoted, um, and he was he, the offer come in. That was something he felt to go. So uh, when it was getting really close, it was almost appointed. And again, we took a bit of chance in the podcast, and on the Sunday we ran where he was appointed because it was we knew it was close. So we had a guy on from a this is Tranmere podcast, a guy called Matt. And the enthusiasm he had for them. Now, bear in mind, they'd just been demoted on the back of back-to-back promotions. And he loved them. Like, he was like, oh, he's this. He's a real people person. Uh, but the interesting thing for us, like, we're trying to get out of him. What else does he do? And he's like, you know, he's no scared of change formations. And we're going, a plan B. Who'd have thought of it? <laughs> you know? So that made you sort of get a wee bit excited. People were then replying to us saying that. And then you, he was saying a lot of nice things in the press in the press conference and everything and he gets you know and we were like he's a guy you need to speak to you need to hear a bit more of and then um, you know he wasn't rushing into anything like didn't even bring a backroom team with him and you're thinking this is a guy he might be patient or maybe the deals are need to be done and then we spoke to him um, for, we got an hour with him and, and just if the players do half the things he said with the passion he had United will be fine you know, uh, he's not scared to change a formation. I saw it with my own eyes on Saturday at the game against Kilmarnock. You know, he, he will give youth a chance. He'll, you'll know just buy for buying sake. I know a lot of things are you hear people saying it, but there's a real belief in it because he's probably been so used to working with things like that at Tranmere. He can probably really get a decision wrong, or it's not going to work out well for them, which is the same same for us. But like what I've heard so far. He's a real passionate man. He's delighted to be here. You know, the family are all moving up. It's not a, even though it's a, a, only a two-year deal, there's, there's, he's no doing this mad commute, you know, oh, up yeah. the M6. He's, 
everyone's moving up and buying into it. And I think that's the thing. It's buying into the, the vision of what the, the Ogrins, the owners, the sporting director have put in place at the club. And getting your manager leaving after a title-winning season and then a new manager coming in would be a busy enough summer. But it's been a lot more going on for Dundee United. Explain to me what it's been like to be a United fan over this period of time with legal battles and promoted and then it could get reversed and all this sort of stuff. It just must have been absolutely mental. It's been a rare laugh. What a laugh. <laughs> Scottish football at its best, eh? Absolutely. Um, oh, I mean... Yeah, you win. It's like anything. You feel for the fans, me included, that you didn't get that day in the sun with fans there uh, and lifting the trophy, right? It's not happened. I mean, the championship flag gets unfurled on Saturday to name you know? <laughs> it's, it, it's, 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 it's just the way it is, obviously. Uh, I get that. Um and obviously, the news yesterday could be quite positive going forward. But for the summer, it, it's been—I mean, it come out of no place, you know. And I, I, I didn't really buy into it. Maybe I didn't take it that seriously to start with. But then they start throwing around, you know, eight million pound compensations, and you're thinking, what? Eight million? How? Aye. You know, um, we deserve better and all this. It's like, well, win more than four games a season or whatever it was. So when it started to get a wee bit serious. Uh, obviously, the voting fiasco was another absolute hilarity for up the road, which is, right. you know, it worked out for us, but it was great. Um, but, yeah, uh, I mean, you might mention that reconstruction something that I've always wanted a bigger league, a more competitive league. Now, get, don't get me wrong, no disrespect, but you bring in maybe clubs like the Furman, they're not going to challenge up the top, but mid-table and down, you've got battles left, right and centre. Because right. I think, we all know the top two are going to battle each other. Aberdeen and Motherwell, maybe Hibs, to a degree, will battle the other spots. The rest of the league's pretty open. So, I would have liked that, but this, you know, went to temporary reconstruction. What's the point? What's the point? You know, Scott Ogren, the vice chairman, was on with us. He was very much for a 12-team league for a club's financial point of view. You know, um, which are, it's a business at the end of the day, you know, and given the com- the circumstances we were in, you know. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, last week or two has been touchy when they went to the court and then it was going to arbitration. Uh, and, you know, Paul knew a lot of the court speak better than I did. I don't know if he'd been in the dock a few times or not, I'm not sure, <laughs> but he'd... Uh, I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on. And he would just break it down to me and go, well, this is what happened, that's what's happened. And it's now going to arbitration. And like most people, I went, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, and he's like, oh, you, you know, you've got three separate people and they'll agree with it. And then we thought it was all done last week. So being united, nothing's ever straightforward. You know, you think winning a league would be straightforward, but it's not been. But the news on Monday that it was it was as is and abs- absolutely brilliant. Don't... I got asked the other day if you if if you were hearts, you'd expect your club to fight it. No, I absolutely would. But there's ways of going about it. I think you know this throwing eight million round and all this kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, we've had stick over hearts fans because word gets out or whatever, and, uh, because you're saying stuff in your podcast. But it was all lighthearted to us. You know, it's just saying you know uh, it's just the way it is. But the big thing with the legal fees, you know, there's a real you know, you could be 150 grand out of pocket. And for clubs like Wraith and Cove, 
that's hard going. But same for United, when nothing's really coming in. And then that then led to Paul going for a wee wander over 62 mile to raise some money towards the legal fees, uh, which he'd done a couple of weeks ago, him and his mate Andy. You know, and these are the, well, he, uh, he'd say if he was here, actually. They're the daft things, ideas that he comes up with. And they thought they'd raise £1,000, by the way, to go towards the legal fees because the club were going to do a crowdfunder or a Kickstarter or, or whatever to raise the money because it was a big, big bit of cash. And then Paul and Andy raised like forty-six and a half grand towards it. I never mind not even need them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I imagine that money will get put to good use someplace, you know. So it, it's uh, I've never known. I mean, take away the global pandemic, I've never known a summer like it. You know, looking at your at your club, but um, thankfully it's ended all fine because I think there was no doubt we were a Premiership club, but just. Mm. It was getting too close, maybe. Because you, you imagine if ever got held up and then they're saying, right, the league can't start this weekend. I mean, chaos. Absolute yeah, chaos. So, yeah. So, n- no doubt about it, but I, I, a stranger a stranger summer I've never witnessed for a football club. <laughs> and in terms of getting started for the Premiership season, I think a lot of people have um, been making the point that maybe Lauren Shanklin and his goals might paper over the cracks slightly of this squad but who are the other players in this United team that um, you think will really make a mark on the Premiership and will impress a lot of people? Uh, Callum Butcher will make a mark maybe doing the backs of boys' legs but <laughs> he will uh, he, he, is, he has come back a better player he's come back a much better player when he was there the first time he plays a centre half quite a lot and he saw himself more as a midfielder. And Jackie McNamara, to his credit, played him in there a couple of times. The best game was the... We played Celtic at Park at, at Tanadice. And uh, Paul Payne got sent off. Some centre-half called Virgil van Dijk got sent off. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Callum Butcher that put the tackle in. And if you look back, Callum Butcher goes in two-footed on him and absolutely takes him out. So he was a wee bit wild and brash. And then he'd come back. And I was very further signing. I thought it was a great sign at the time. Um, but he'd moved around a lot of clubs and you just wondered wh- why he was moving about. But he, again, you had promotions. You know, he got promoted by X, Y and Z. Um, I say X, Y and Z because I can't imagine who he was playing for. <laughs> uh, but he come up, made an instant impact, playing in the middle of the park. And last season, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, played at centre-half when he had to. Uh, absolute captain material as well. He was, he, he was really impressive. Um, Lou Yapare was kind of comfy no place the year before he was loaned out to the juniors played for Brody, Brody Juniors Brody Athletic I think he scored like 33 and 35 games and the idea there was just to get him playing but get him playing against men because he was 19 or 20 but still in with the under 18s at United they had to go and play my men stuck him out there done the order good come out of pre-season looked like the Hulk he massive, looked huge. Right. But I think because he was probably getting battered about the junior footballers and thought, I need to do something about this. He mm-hmm. he was a real revelation. He'd come in. Nicky Clark was excellent. Got injured in January and a tackle he didn't have to make. Um, so we missed him. He really, really missed him. And I, I didn't realise, this is Nicky Clark's first time he's ever played in the Premiership. He's never played in the wow. Premiership. Aye. Which is an amazing start. I never knew Aye. that. You know? Uh, we would call that a Dose Fox fact on our podcast, which 
nah, we wouldn't because that that's actually true. Um, <laughs> yeah, they they've been really impressive. Um, at times that we were we struggled against part time teams, but a lot of the time they were sticking eleven boys on the the set the the, the eighteen yard line. Apart from Allowell were the best part time team I watched. I think they played some great football, but it was really frustrating to play against them. You know, and we had two last minute shanking goals against Arbroath at home. You know, and I love Arbroath. Arbroath's just up the road for us. Another great wee club, but it was really tricky. And, uh, I was. I was at the game on Saturday against Kilmarnock the pre-season and just the way teams play in different leagues, it was a bit more open, but a guy like Ian Harks, who did struggle at times in the Championship, had some great games, but had some stinkers. But then in the Premiership, we had a bit more room, you should get more of a box-to-box midfielder, you know, and hopefully you see a bit more of him as well. Paul will be delighted to. And, um, but there's a lot of promise as well, still with some of the young Youngsters, hopefully, to come in. Uh, Big Benji, the goalie, has came at the club, was number two. I'm no joking, I've no idea how he's number two because I could have played in front of the boy who was number one, you know. And uh, he, he took his chance, had the odd moment early doors, shaky, but he's a great shot stopper. Big challenge for him. Um, and what can you say about Lawrence? Sir Lawrence. Absolutely superb. And what what makes him so good? Like, what, how people just look at his numbers and say, like, oh, he scores X many goals. But how does he score that many goals? What what? How does he get in those positions? Uh, some fans of a certain team up the road from us said he only scores goals. Now the last time I checked, that's a striker's job, right? Aye. Chris Boyd, who I hate as a footballer because he always <laughs> scored against United. Aye only scored goals. The difference with Shankland is, Shankland's so much more. His touch is incredible. His awareness, his runs in. Now, don't get me wrong, he's like a frustrated child when he'll throw his hands in the air and get frustrated when the ball doesn't come into him. But his movement, he doesn't get enough credit for his movement's incredible. If you watch the, the headed goals he scores, nine times out of ten, he's not even near that spot when the, the move starts or whatever. Uh, his link-up play's really good. Um, his heading ability is, is great he's two-footed scores left, right doesn't really matter his celebrations need worked on and when you've scored that many goals I'm surprised but people should look past his numbers because it's, it's, he's quick over 10 yards he'll know outrun you for the, he'll know outrun a, a pace of centre half for the centre spot mm. and that's probably the only thing that doesn't make him uh, the complete package. But my word, is he good. And I've no doubt he'll get his move next summer. <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, and I would hope it's, it's next, next level. It's no staying in Scotland. It's going next level to England or wherever. And when you see figures banded about, you know, that um, Morelos is... 18 million, Edwards about 20 million. If Shanklin goes and scores the same amount of goals, uh, roughly, I'm not saying he's 20 million, but it's got to add value to him. Already, I think he would be three, four million quid. Mm. And he's, he's just incredible. And I hope he starts strong, or I hope he doesn't score to the transfer window ends. I kind of make my mind <laughs> up. <laughs> um, but he's, yeah, pe- people don't give his off the ball play enough sort of praise 
he's just a great footballer, great to watch, and you know we lucky to watch the amount of not just the amount of goals, but the types of goals he scores. You know, uh, you'll score happily score a tap and then he will, you know, a header to a strike for the edge of the box. Uh, but just been absolutely brilliant. He's been he's been brilliant, and you know, hopefully we'll see that on Saturday again. We've been asking all our guests for their prediction. I imagine yours might depend on um, where Lauren Shankland does come the end of the transfer window, but what's your gut feeling? Do you reckon you need to put enough to at least stay up this season? First and foremost, the target's got to be 10th at an absolute minimum. You know, first, right. that, that is the thing. Um, next after that, you, you want to push for the top six, but I think fans, depending on what happens, you know, we've only brought in, we've brought Luke Bolton in on loan from Man City. You've obviously got to October now, which is, but everyone's in that. I totally appreciate that. And I think, what, Hibs and Motherwell maybe be the most active for bringing a few players in. Hibs, of course, finding money, doing that big pot of gold they must have found when apparently they had no money. Um, so no one else has really brought players in but we are a championship squad that's come up so there needs to be probably another three or four five maybe if we were to be best of the rest and sit in seventh given you only maybe add another one or two I think most fans would would take that you know uh, I said I did say this to Paul I can't remember if we done it on air or not but does the top six apart from your money point of view if you're a mid-table club does the top six do anything for you given you've got a go to play Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs. And United are no very good after the split. That has always been our thing. We have been no very good. So if you were to play in seventh, say the difference is 80 grand between six, I've just thrown that figure in there, then yeah, it's 80 grand. But you might enjoy the last five weeks. You might get more fans coming in. They might, I'm not saying it'll offset it, but you might see people coming out knowing you're on a good run. Um, be a first and foremost is to stay up, <laughs> you know, um, and I know have to, especially eleventh, no have to endure going through all the playoffs or, or anything like that. So yeah, ask me again in October. I might have totally different <laughs> thing, depending depending on what scarf Shankland's got above his head. But hopefully right. it's still a United one. And um, Ronnie, before I let you go, do you want to let people know where they can find the Don't Fox podcast or yourself on social media so they can give you a shout and get involved? Yeah, of course. So we are at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we are most kind of active on Twitter. We get involved in most of the conversations uh, and get involved in that. Um, the podcast itself is on Spotify, Apple, Google, everything like that. Again, we've got links on our social media. Again, it's just the, the Dode Fox Podcast. The new episode comes out every Monday. Uh, we've been very lucky with the back catalogue we've got with the amount of guests. Uh, you can even skip past me and Paul's nonsense and just listen to the guest because we, we'll be speaking about how good the pie was at Stenhouse Muir or something like that during that. So, um, yeah, it's on there every Monday uh, and it's it, it, it's great to be back. And you have to earn being back in there. And I think after the four years, the players are, the fans have certainly earned it as well. I just I just wish we could all be there on Saturday uh, for it, but uh, it's uh, it's good to be back. Well, Ronnie, enjoy the new season and thank you very much for coming on. Brilliant, Sean. Thanks very much. And thank you for listening to another Energy Sport Season Preview podcast. That's the end of the series. Thank you very much 
to all our fantastic guests for coming on. We can't wait for the new season and there'll be lots of fantastic content from Energy Sport. So follow us on Twitter and visit the website energysport.net. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the new season. Cheers. <laughs>